Hey Hi. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How y'all doing? Yeah. Okay, we are two. Um, so, my name is Marcus Javek, and this is my wife Mary Kay. We have been married now for 11 or 12 years, depending on which anniversary we use, but we'll get to that later. Um, we have one 10-year-old son, Isaiah, and I think we have a family picture. Yes. Oh, so cute. Um, I was born and raised in Vienna, Austria. That's where the weird accent comes from. Uh, I lived with both of my parents, and I have one older brother. I went to private Catholic school, but faith, church, or believing in God was not part of my parents' life or my life. Culturally, we were Catholics, as that was, was my passport. But I really knew nothing of the religion. I knew Jesus' story through movies, Christmas, and Easter. I always thought, what a cool story. But I was also told that this story was not true, and when Jesus was a myth or a legend. I never heard the gospel until I was in my early 20s when I met Mary Kay. I was born in Beaumont, Texas in 1970. I grew up in East Texas with both of my parents and an older brother who were Bible-believing Christians. Our lives revolved around our church and our family. I trusted in Christ as my savior when I was eight years old at a good old-fashioned revival. <laughs> my relationship with the Lord grew into a deep and mature relationship, and I felt a desire from the Lord at an early age to be a missionary. I went to Baylor University, Sikkim, and became heavily involved in ministry with Young Life, Canacuck, and anything else that had to do with telling others about Jesus. I was an overachiever in high school, and I brought that attitude into college, thinking I would stand out and become the best of the best. But I had to come to grips with the reality that everyone there had the same resume as I did. What I thought would be the best years of my life were actually some of the loneliest. I developed an eating disorder and began to struggle with self-worth and depression for the first time. Uh, Europe is a very dark and godless place. It is very common to give children a lot of freedom at an early age, and my parents did just that. I was given no responsibilities without any discipline. At a very young age, I started drinking, smoking, experimenting with drugs, and having sex. In fact, when I was a teenager, my parents uh, would allow my girlfriends to sleep over at our house. This was the culture. I moved out of the house at 17 and lived on my own with no care in the world. I lived life without purpose until I was in my early 20s. At 21, one of my girlfriends became pregnant and she ended up having an abortion. Uh, around the same time, my dad had a heart attack and almost passed away. This was really hard for me and I began to have irrational fears about death and wondering about what would happen to me if I die and where would I go. After college, I moved to California and went through a dark period where I was struggling with the recent divorce of my parents, who had been the pillars of our community and church growing up, who, by the way, were remarried four years ago after being apart for 20. So, go God. Um, but because I wasn't doing well spiritually during that time, I began to experience the world for the first time. I began to engage in behaviors that were foreign to me, like drinking and smoking a lot of pot, and even having sex, which some, that was something I vowed not to do until marriage. I then moved to Memphis and got involved with an amazing church and began volunteering again with Young Life. My desire to go overseas surfaced again, so in 1997, I moved to Vienna, Austria, where I went on staff with Young Life International and also taught at a missionary kids' school. While in Vienna, I briefly met Marcus a few times, no real interaction, just 
kiss, kiss kind of thing. And that was it. He didn't speak English after all. And my German was spotty. (laughs) We joked that when we met, he was illegal because he was. He was 16 and I was 28. He was just my friend Andrew's tall, smiley friend to me. And she was just Andrew's teacher, Miss Langston, to me. Yeah. I still call her that sometimes. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) This is PG. I moved to Portugal in 2000, and the next three years would be some of the best years of my life. I was thriving in ministry and in my relationships, but then I was hurt deeply by some colleagues in ministry. I felt abandoned and lost, and instead of running to Jesus, I ran to my then boyfriend, which led to the beginning of a spiritual downward spiral in a very long and dark decade for me. I eventually moved back to the States in 2003 and landed here in Dallas. It was the hardest few years of my life. I was in culture shock, and my life was completely turned upside down. I began to turn to the world to fulfill me again. I was angry and bitter, so I wandered in the desert for a very long time. It wasn't that I had turned my back on the Lord, it was just that I didn't know how to praise Him in the middle, in the midst of my pain. And church was the last thing I wanted, but it was the very thing I needed the most. I decided to visit some friends in Las Vegas in 2005, and during the three months I was overseas, my mom found out that my dad had an affair. He left my mother for another woman. This just rocked my world. In Vegas, I lived with our mutual friend, and Mary Kay came to visit him one weekend. She quickly became more than Andrew's teacher, and I definitely was not calling her Miss Langston anymore. (laughs) Uh, A lot of things had changed since we met in Vienna, just six years prior. I fell completely in love with her. I eventually moved to Texas in 2006. I didn't have a steady job, so I thought, why not? Why not? Um, But after three months, I had... Uh, either I had to go back to Vienna or make my move here permanent. So we decided, a classic style, to elope while in Vegas on August 24th, 2006, uh, 2006, and there will be anniversary number one. And I think we have a picture, yeah. The wedding chapel, classy. Um, it was yeah. not a drive-through, so. Yeah, <laughs> we paid for the wedding. <laughs> I went with a girlfriend to Vegas to celebrate my 35th birthday. Marcus and I were reintroduced that weekend and fell in love. I knew he wasn't a believer, but I was in such a dark place and was so desperate for love and acceptance that I didn't even care. I even overlooked the fact that he was just 23 years old. I was enamored that he was Austrian, and and that seemed like a sign that it was meant to be. Maybe he would be my ticket back to Europe, so I thought. We ended up eloping while we were in Vegas without anyone knowing. I woke up a few months later and wondered, what have I done? I began to feel shame. I realized that the day I had dreamed about my whole life and waited 35 years to experience was done in secret and in shame and with a non-believer. I also began to realize what my distance from the Lord was doing to me. I saw the reality of our lives and how hard it was gonna be, our age difference, the culture differences, being unequally yoked, the language barrier, which is actually a funny story because I didn't realize until years later that he didn't speak English as well as he led me to believe. I remember thinking he was such a good listener because he would just listen and laugh at my stories. And it turns out that the first year of our marriage, he barely understood anything I said. Still working on that though. We eventually had a wedding in front of our family and friends on October 27, 2007. And that should be our actual wedding photo. Still had some hair back then. Yeah. I thought if we have a wedding, then it would be legit and the shame would go away. 
So two months later though, I was pregnant. And in 2008, our son, Isaiah, was born. During this time, I started to struggle again with my self-worth. I gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy and began to feel very insecure. I hated myself. I felt that Marcus was disgusted with me too. I also didn't take to being a, a mother that easily. And it didn't help that we were so isolated. I was so depleted spiritually that I was like a shriveled up prune. I'd hid in my house for almost 10 years carrying this burden that I, the missionary, would choose a life separated from the church. I didn't know how to reconcile that. I didn't know how to thrive in the Lord and not have a husband who understood that part of me. I couldn't merge the two. The anger built up inside of me and I literally grew to hate Marcus. I began to blame him for my unhappiness when deep down I knew that my validation and happiness should come from the Lord. Our marriage suffered in every way. Marcus and I became like roommates. I treated him horribly. I was mean not only to him, but to myself and to everyone that entered my path. Through the years, I prayed for his salvation, and briefly, I would see glimmers of hope that his eyes would be opened. But I would get so heavy from discussing it with him like I felt responsible for his emotional well-being. It weighed me down, and I would get frustrated and angry that he didn't get it. And this is really hard to admit, but I even envisioned beating him with a baseball bat at times, and it actually brought me pleasure. But I would never do that. Um, but how, how do I stay in a loveless marriage without any intimacy, I thought. Mm -hmm. Our sex life had suffered, and we would go years without being intimate. I didn't feel desirable, which then would push him away, and it was this horrible cycle. But then things took a crazy turn in our marriage, and in the spring of 2015, Marcus came into my office and told me that he didn't love me anymore, and he wanted out. He was done. Uh, everything went really quickly after our wedding. I depended on Mary Kay a lot, since it was a different country, culture, and language, etc. We put our son first, which I thought as a great parent, that's what you have to do. I also didn't know how to lead. I was passive, lazy, uh, and it put a lot of weight and responsibility on her shoulders. She took care of everything. She felt like she had to teach me about life, because, let's face it, I was a kid when we married. She even had to teach me how to drive a car. That's no joke. Uh, the dynamic of our relationship became more like a brother and sister. She had basically lost respect for me, as I had no clue how to be a husband or what the role really meant. The pride and shame from that led to anger and frustration on my part. I knew I was letting her down. I could see how unhappy she was with me. We started attending Watermark here on and off around 2011. While Mary Kay was a believer and a follower of Christ, I still didn't understand it. We had many conversations about Christ, but I just didn't get it. I really liked the music here, and it was very different than a traditional Catholic service. But I noticed also the people in church and their vibe and how fulfilled they seemed. There were some services throughout the years that I would just start crying, and I felt something, but I would ignore those feelings. I remember Mary Kay always telling me that it's God working in you. In late 2014, I started a friendship with a female coworker which grew into a full-blown affair. I felt that relationship could fix all my anger and frustration. I told Mary Kay that I was done and I didn't love her anymore. Later that night, I came home from work, not sure what to expect, but I saw an immediate change in her. I hurt her deeply, but she told me she still loved me. So um, she asked if there was anybody else, and of course I lied, I told her no. But she found out the truth on her own. Through that time, I started reading the Bible and began looking for answers. Mary Kay showed me grace each and every day. 
She was seeing me through God's eyes, which I didn't understand. How and why could she be so calm? She knew I was lying, which hurt her so much, but she still sh uh, showered me with grace. I went to counseling and also started going here to re-engage. On the first night after hearing Susan Cox's story, I knew I needed to surrender to Jesus. A few weeks later, after meeting with my counselor, I went to Watermark. I was listening to worship music and reading the Bible. Okay. For the first time, I truly understood what Christ did for me. Then there was a man on earth sent by our Holy Father, his only son, and his name is Jesus. He gave his life for me. He got punished, tortured, beaten, and nailed on the cross for my sins. I soaked everything in. I could not stop crying. I thought to myself, think about this. This is the most selfless thing someone can do for you, just out of love. Jesus died on the cross so we can live free. I had an epiphany, feeling God's presence and praying to him, Lord, save me. I'm tired of running for you, from you. My life is a mess. Take my heart, Lord. It is all yours. Forgive me for my sins. I surrendered my life to my Lord and Savior. By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, I was saved. Amen. Yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> it was in those moments after he told me he didn't love me that changed the course of my life forever. I had a choice to make, and thankfully I chose wisely. I chose to get on my knees in forgiveness, brokenness, mm -hmm. and surrendered my life back to the Lord. I began to pray for hours for forgiveness and for the Lord to show me my part in the breakdown of our marriage. I began to be broken over my sin and how I had treated Marcus. And in those precious moments, the feelings for him came flooding back. It was something, it was somewhat supernatural what happened to me that day. The anger, the resentment, the shame was gone. It was replaced with joy and peace and love. I reached out to him and told him I wasn't giving up and that I was going to fight for our marriage. It was incredibly sweet what was happening with my relationship with the Lord during this time. But it wasn't until a few weeks later that I found out he was actually having an affair with a beautiful young girl. It was my worst nightmare that she was young and full of life and basically everything that I wasn't, or so I thought. Again, I had a choice to make. Do I let anger once again control me or do I show this man grace? So I chose grace. I prayed. I loved, I served, and I transformed in front of his very eyes. He did not stop his relationship with her for a while, but I continued to serve him. And the Lord showed me early on that this was a spiritual battle. And it wasn't about me, it wasn't about Marcus, that this was about bringing glory to God. So by the grace of God, over time, the Lord revealed himself to Marcus, and the scales fell from his eyes. And I prayed for his salvation, and I knew that that was the answer. Yeah, <laughs> give it up. Um, my relationship with God and Mary Kay moved in the right direction. I loved God, and I fell in love with my wife all over again, which I did not think it was possible. I'm amazed by his grace and Mary Kay's grace towards me. After our reconciliation, we were doing so well, but little did we know we were about to walk through some of the hardest days of our lives. In fall of 2015, just a few months after our reconciliation, I got really sick and I almost passed away. Uh, I had a severe reaction to an antibiotic and I got Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Uh, I was on life support and it was during this time that my faith was strengthened. The Lord protected me and now I'm sitting here today. 
Yes, those were some scary days. I remember thinking, Lord, why would we go through the last year and come out of it back together for him to just die? It was touch and go, but I prayed over him and I gave him to the Lord. And he was coming off, as he was coming off of life support and waking up, he began to witness to the nurses. It was incredible that just six months prior, he was running from God and wanted to leave his family. But the dark days continued. After Marcus got well, he was laid off from his job two different times. Then that next year at age 45, I took a pregnancy test and, I was, and it was positive. I was pregnant. We thought, this is the big red bow to wrap up this hard season of life. We've avoided divorce, death, job loss. This must be our happy ending. <laughs> See, I had wanted another child so desperately, but Marcus didn't, and I hated him for that. I grieved for a child that I did not have for years, but sadly, I lost the baby at 12 weeks, and we were absolutely devastated. I personally walked through a really dark time and watched Marcus support me, cry with me, and even come to his own revelations regarding having more children, which was another step in our, in our healing as mm -hmm. a couple. Yes, I realized that I had manipulated her because I'm selfish. I didn't think our marriage would last, so the last thing I wanted was another baby. But once Christ transformed my life, I was broken over the pain that I had caused her. I had to ask for forgiveness and also forgive myself because I had to grieve that we may not have another child because of me. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight. That's why filling our minds with the perfect word of God is so important. By grounding our common sense in God's word, we rely on him, not ourselves. And Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 is our family verse. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This has basically been my life verse and the meaning behind our son Isaiah's name. So I clung to it again. It was a promise that he was gonna do a new thing in our family, and he did. He brought death to life and ashes to beauty. Our marriage is far from perfect, but now we have hope, we have direction, and now know that we have to focus on ourselves first. Fix what is in our circle, which I'm sure you all have heard, but it works. I cannot believe the transformation in this man. He is leading our home, he prays over his family, he studies the word daily. It is truly amazing what the Lord has done in his life and in, in our marriage, and only Jesus could take our mess and make it beautiful. Um. Just one little thing, I just want you all to know, okay? No matter how deep we are in our sins, okay? No matter what your struggle is in your marriage, whatever hinders us, know that, that God has the power to pull us out of this. He can give us the power, the strength, and the courage to do so. So don't reject him. Let him into your marriage. Why is marriage so important? Because it's important to God. And I just wanna encourage you all that um, no matter where you are, in your journey, the Lord can restore your marriage if you just are willing. He wants reconciliation, he wants you to thrive. So please keep coming back. He will meet you here. Thank you all for listening to our story of redemption.